everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I'm your host, JP. Joining us, as always, co-host man, myth legend, the very tenacious and freshly shaved head, Nick Martin. How are you, brother? Right. I'm good, man. Yes. Freshly shaved. Good. Just did that for just did it for you. Looking actually. for me. That's a little, you. that's kind of awkward, but we'll just, we'll just move on from there. Joining yeah, let's, us, let's move on. <laughs> joining us today is a, a old buddy, long time pal, and he's uh, making waves in the world. I mean, back when I knew him, he was just a punk rocker in a band called virus nine. And now he is not only a stunt man, a TV actor, a movie actor, a voice actor. He's moving up in the world. Welcome to dad cast. Mr. Mike Estes. How are you, brother? Thank you guys. How you doing? Good to see you. Good, man. Good. So how are things? How are you holding up during this whole pandemic? Things are good. Things are good. It's it's obviously, as you know, a very weird time in the world, a very strange Twilight Zone episode that, that we're living in. But things are good. It's it, really good. It, 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 this is literally, if Twilight Zone needs to reboot and just, you could probably do 10 seasons on the last year alone of all the crazy exactly. stuff that's been going on in the world. So Mike... Uh, this is obviously DadCast, where we like to talk all things dad, but forewarning, every single episode we have done so far in the show has gone straight off the rails, so we are going to talk dad as much as we can, but you know, obviously, we're going to talk about you and your career and your family and anything else that may come up over the next hour, and uh, we're stoked to have you aboard. First question, obviously, are you a dad? I am a dad. Yes, I am. How I many two beautiful dogs. How many two beautiful dogs? <laughs> two beautiful children. children. Okay, yeah, I heard yeah, dog yeah. there. It is damn internet connection. Uh, so two okay. beautiful children. How old are they? Names, ages? Are they boys? Are they I, girls? I have an 18-year-old daughter. She's an adult now, which makes me very old. Oh, right. And, and I have a two-year-old son. So there's a very big gap between the two. I was 23 when I became a father for the first time to my 18-year-old, my now 18-year-old daughter. And I was 40 when... We had my son. So it's a very, very different ball game at 40. As you know, I think you guys are probably around the same age. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, dude, I totally know. Much different at 40 than it was at 23. Much different. Yeah. Nick, yes. Nick yeah. Has, I just had a, we just had a baby last year and I'm 41. So yeah, it's totally different. My youngest before him is 14. So oh, you get it. You have the same oh, span. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, what, what am I doing? I was almost right. done and. Yeah. <laughs> so. At 23, I was, I was punk rock and I was, you know, I, I didn't go to college. I, I went on a tour, mm-hmm. you know, and I was playing shows and putting out records and, you know, playing with my band, which I was trying to make a career at the time. Um, you have to put a lot of energy into that at 23. I was putting, I was putting so much energy into that when in fact I should have been doing the home stuff and the, 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 the daughter stuff. Um, and now at 40, I can see the difference of raising a child at 23 and at 40, because I'm here I'm present. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I wasn't really like, I was here before, but I was like writing songs, like touring and playing shows and like pop in, Hey, dad's here. And now I'm on tour. It's amazing how the priorities change as you get older too. It really is. Yeah. Now my, my schedule like that works around my home life, my children before it was like gung ho, what can we get done right now as fast as we can? You know, it was like anything and everything. Now it's, it's, it's all about balance. Now, now you're older and have uh, lived that and can look back on that time. 
And, and I think I know the answer to the question and I know no regrets, but do you have any regrets? For sure. Yeah. 100%. I mean, to say you don't have regrets, I mean, it's if uh, for a guy to say he doesn't have regrets or a woman or whoever, uh, that's a very, very bold statement. And I, I commend that person because it's really hard not to, to do life and, and make mistakes and, you know, pick yourself up off the ground and dust yourself off and, you know, you have to learn from those mistakes. So yeah, do I have regrets? Many. I've made lots of mistakes along the way, but you know, had, had I not made those mistakes and learned from those lessons, I, I would be in a very different place if not here at all, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So well, you know, you take that yeah. lesson learned and applied to, you know, little man now. And it's amazing, you know, the journey that life takes us on and what you learn. You know, you, like you said, both you and Nick, you had kids young and then late. I was just in the path of late. You know, I honestly thought I was shooting blanks for many, many, many years. And uh, it turns out I wasn't. At least we're, you know, there's been no DNA test to prove it otherwise, but I think I'm good. Um, we started late. So. I've seen photos of your kid. It's definitely yours. Yeah, right. Well, at least one of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's crazy how, you know, I I guess I picked up from a lot of my friends who were dads back in the day and the mistakes they have made and the good things that they've done applied that plus my own father who was amazing. Um, I really think the journey that I'm on as a father, it worked out for me as it should have because I got all that partying crap out of the way. And now it's all about, you know, everything I can do, everything I do in life is for them. You know, we say like to have fun a little bit here and there, but you know, the, the, the sure. journey to make them better, I think worked out better for me to, for them being older. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, you're more responsible and you know, you definitely, you've sowed some oats and you oh, know, you've done. Oh yes, we have. <laughs> you've done, you've done the young guy stuff and. You remember shenanigans, done. don't you? Hey man. I, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I put that bar to close more times than I can count. Yes, so tell yes. us about your little guy, man. I know he's what, about two years old now. He's two. He's amazing. His name is Nico. Um, his, uh, he's a comedian. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's the boss. He's the boss of the house. He, he runs the show. Mama runs the show, but he, he likes <laughs> no, it's been such <laughs> um, a fun, it, it's, you know, I follow you on social media and, and, you know, seeing the journey that you've been, been walking on. I mean, first, you know, meeting your lady and then you guys, you're engaged now or married. You're married, right? We're engaged. You're engaged. Married, yeah. So getting, right. getting engaged and then having this beautiful child, it's just, it's really a pleasure to watch and see where you've grown. And not only, you know, the family life, what you are doing in your career. Uh, I have a great story. We are driving back from Vegas. We'll skip the part about me blowing out a tire in the middle of death Valley, but uh, <laughs> I'm driving, I'm minding my own business, you know, 10 year olds backs back of the car, sleeping, doing something on his iPad. And the lady sitting right next to me, all of a sudden she jumps up, she's watching stuff on her iPad. She freaks out and she's like, JP, 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 look, 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 isn't this? And she flashes her phone right in front of my face and I'm driving and she's got it paused. Isn't that Mike? Episode from 911. She's watching. It's like her favorite show. And I'd already seen this clip, right? And I'm like, just wait, you're going to love what happens. And <laughs> oh my God, he got his ass kicked. And, but yeah, you know, that was, she thought that was the coolest thing. I'm like, you know, that Mike's doing, doing shows. My favorite, even though we couldn't see your face, was Mandalorian. Mm. That was a fun one. Dude, that was a very fun one. You played that a was, uh, dark trooper, well, right? Uh, yeah. Death trooper. Death trooper. Death trooper. Um, 
well, to backstep the 911 stuff was awesome. That was great. That was, um, I primarily get more of the stunt stuff, of course, because I'm a stunt guy. Um, and I typically get to bypass the process of uh, audition half the time being a stunt guy. So that being said, I also go through an agent to do real acting stuff, which I don't do a ton of, but more, more stunt stuff. Um, this was like a co-star gig. So they're like, okay, you got some lines. You got, you got like a real part. So right. that was, that was a, having a, a pretty lengthy resume of, like you said, not being able to see my face <laughs> and doing these lots of one-off gigs, you know, uh, hitting the ground, getting shot. If I'm, I'm, I'm dead, I die. They can't use me again, you know? So, right. Well, you got um, a ton of those, man. I mean, freaking walking dead. Oh man. I can fact did real. <laughs> Yeah, you, you crap ton. And, and another one of my faves here. This is all you know. Let, let's we're floating Mike's boat right here. Um, shameless. When you're in the inter- interaction with Fiona, that was a good one. Um, what was another one? Uh, you're walking down a hallway, and you're a cop. What what TV show is that? Space Force. Yes, that space. That one I didn't even know you were on, and I'm watching it. I'm like, God damn it! There's Mike again. Yeah. Steve Carell was very cool. Got to hang with him in craft service. Very nice guy. Um, again, a stunt gig for that um the shameless stuff was cool because that was my parents um favorite show that they watched together they, they binged it and i brought home a lighter from the set that was part of the props for my stepdad because he was a huge fan as well um and a call sheet so my parents were that was that was for my mom and dad yeah was shameless but back to mandalorian um who doesn't want to be in star wars i know right that's, that's, that's childhood 101. I mean, I was a Star Wars geek. I'm still a Star Wars geek. So um, I was sitting on the couch one day and I was drinking uh, coffee out of my Stormtrooper mug. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, drinking coffee out of my Stormtrooper mug. And I get this call. And this guy he goes, hey, a buddy of mine is a flight uh, coordinator. He goes, like, I have this gig. Um, if you're interested, shoots tomorrow, but you have to uh, do a fitting today. And I said, I'm available. Yeah, totally. What's the wardrobe? What's the gig? He goes, I can't tell you the gig, um, but the wardrobe sort of uh, suit armor-ish type stuff. And I look at my, my I, I had known that they were shooting the Star Wars show here, a couple of shows. And I, I was trying every angle to get into these shows, trying to find the coordinator, trying to you know figure out how am I going to get on this show? Right. And I get this, this call. I'm looking at my mug. I'm like, this has to be a stormtrooper. And Serena walks in. I'm like, <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah. I come do this fitting today. And I went down and, and I, I walk onto the stage and there's all these blue tarps in the place. Right. And I'm trying to like look under the tarps. It's super top secret. Nobody's around. Nobody's on the stage. And I look around the corner and there's a speeder bike. And I was like, oh, shit, this has to be Star Wars. I have no idea which Star Wars. I didn't even know that they were making The Mandalorian. I just knew that they were making a Star Wars show. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is, I'm a stormtrooper. Done. And the guy walks out with this, this big boxes of stuff. And he goes, well, you're not a stormtrooper because um, you're too tall, six foot two. Apparently, you have to be 5'10 and under to be a stormtrooper because they made all the wardrobe for Rogue One um, in London and they ship them right. from London back to the States. So I was too big for a stormtrooper. Okay, what am I going to do? Like some weirdo monster, like death trooper. It's like the Navy SEAL of the stormtroopers. Yeah. Sweet. 
So, uh, played played a Death Trooper, Moff Gideon's Death Trooper. Tell me you got um, to you snuck out the costume. <laughs> I did not. I did not. Halloween's. Oh yeah, they made us wear cloaks when we walked around. Right. Um, couldn't wear the helmet because they literally they had people with drones flying over the studios just to capture photos of people. Oh yeah, easy. That was crazy. If I could, I'd totally so be one of those guys. Huh? If I could, I'd totally be one of those guys. Oh yeah, you, you would for sure. And then I get my drone <laughs> shot down and be pretty pissed off. But no, man, that is. I mean, th- that credit right there, it just you know, for putting myself in your shoes is. You've you got that forever, man. You were in the Mandalorian. You were in the Star Wars universe, and no one can ever take that away from you. Does your uh, I know he's super super young. He has no idea, but I'm going to ask anyway. Does Nico have any idea that Dad is in TV shows or movies yet? You'd like point it out. He, he does. He does. He knows that Mom and Dad are both right. That do this. Um, he has a, a handful of Star Wars stuff um, that he he's like, hey, this is Dad, you know. Um, and he, he runs around and he sings the Darth Vader song that do, do, yeah. do, that's his like song. Um, but he's well aware of star Wars and well aware of it. That is so amazing. It doesn't hurt to now, now getting these parts for you, it, it, it doesn't hurt that your lady, your fiance is actually a very well known movie star as well. Right. That, that doesn't hurt the things. She is, well, I wouldn't say it doesn't hurt. Um, because it, it, it doesn't really correlate into me getting a gig, but as far as knowing the person and knowing what I'm a part of, if I was part of like, um, a crew or a team of stunt guys that knew her from power Rangers or something like that. Yeah. That helps for sure. But, um, but yeah, she's, she's, she's been very successful in her career. Um, yeah. Cabin fever. She was a power ranger. She was in. Not another teen movie. She was the naked foreign exchange student. <laughs> um, she also um, played the mother of seven kids recently on Disney stuck in the middle. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So for all the dads out there that are watching this, they have kids that are old enough to, to uh, watch Disney stuck in the middle. The mom, Susie Diaz is, is uh, Samantha Vincent, which is my better half. That's right. And Mama to Nico. Now, is, is, uh, is that her first child? It is her first child. Yeah. Wow. That must be amazing for her as well, man. This, this being, I mean, being a father is kick ass, but being a first time mom, too, a good it's thing you had the experience father. behind it as well. That, that, that's probably helping out a little bit. It helps. But you know what? At the same time, my experience was so different than the, what we're implementing now. Yeah. Because I was so young and so dumb. And you know, it was all about me. It wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I, it should have been more about her at the time, but I was again, 23 and it's no excuse, but that's just who, who people are at that age. Yeah. yeah. You know? So how, how is your relationship now with your older daughter? Uh, with it's because of the version of our relationship before, um, which her and I were very tight. We were very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she's in Oregon. She's up there with you guys. Um, and in that area, um, how's the relationship? It's non-existent. Currently. Okay. So I kind of um, have the same situation. My oldest daughter lives in Texas and I kind of, 
failed when she was a baby and tried to fix it throughout the years. And it just, it didn't work out. So I'm just always looking for advice. If there's a way to get back into their life and yeah, man, Hey, just keep trying uh, is what I, everybody tells me. So keep that. trying. That's what everybody tells me too. I mean, I literally have been fighting this battle for four years. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't really had a solid conversation with her in four years um, because I did move away and because, you know, um, I tried to parent from afar and that doesn't work. I'm sure you no. tried to do that. Yeah. Just, I like couldn't even imagine. Law, you have to be dad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's hard to be dad when there's no reason for this person to take you seriously. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a two way street, you know, it depends on their, uh, um, surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, she's an adult now, right? She's 18. She's yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I foresee, uh, great things as far as that relationship with you two now, you know, she's an adult, yeah. she can reach out, you can reach out. Hell, she can come yeah. drive and see you be on set, something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's going to work out, man. It's going to be just right. fine. No, Plus, she, she's got to meet baby brother, girl. right? One more time. She got to meet baby brother. That's right. Yes. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll get there. It's just, um, so yeah, word of advice. Um, if you get that gut feeling to not be non-existent, do everything you can to be existent because far too many of us like Nick, me, uh, have made that mistake. I mean, it's like you get one shot to make an impression on a person and, and, help them and guide them and be that person that you're supposed to be to them, that parent. one shot you waste that. It's going to be really, really hard to pick up those pieces. And, and mm-hmm. I'm proof of that. And so are you. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It's so hard to, to, to you lose somebody's trust. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Nick, how old is your daughter? This one we're talking about. She is 20. She's 20 years old. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So. Do you want to get personal, Nick? Because I got questions for you. <laughs> sure, let's get personal. Have you, have you, when, when reaching out, were you just shot down? Was there no communication? Is she angry? No, no. I mean, so, what? so I, when she was born, her, there's some stuff happened with her mom's mom and kind of told me to get out of the scene. I was young, stupid, made right. bad choices. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I took off. I got back into her life when she was five and kind of, Tried to work, you know, talk to her when I could, saw her when I could. Um, and then she moved away. So kind of nothing happened for till about six years ago. And then we started talking for about two or three years. And then about two years ago, she sent me a, a, a letter saying she wanted nothing to do with me. Hmm. That she wanted me to kind of write off, write her off and let her stepdad be her real dad. Now, so I was like, what do you think was... I mean, what was, it sounded like you were on the track of making things right again. Did something happen during that period of time that it, that triggered her? Honestly, to write I, that letter? I really don't know. I probably could have spent more time yeah. getting to know her more time talking to her. I mean, we'd go, we talk like once a month. I could have, I should have reached out probably every day, you know, I, I could have done more, but, uh, so that's where that's at. And What's her name? It's, her name's uh, Jada. Jada. Okay. I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> give the man a chance. He's your father, you know, and uh, he's tenacious and he's a great dad and he wants to make things right. And it takes two to tango girl. And uh, you're not dancing. Sorry. That's firm. 
but uh, I'm just trying to a little firm. I'm trying but, to, yeah, take a, a that lot of it takes two to tango, well, you know, and, and, and yeah. I'm sure he was a total jerk, but let's, let's pretty much let's, let's heal, man. <laughs> let's heal. Yeah. I know you only get one real dad and he's right there and wanted to make it happen. Okay. That's my message. If she ever sees it, Nick, I hope, I hope I helped. I, hope, I probably yeah. didn't, but you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, so this episode brought out some deep stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, these are questions that they came up yeah. and, you know, it, I wanted to know, probably could have asked in private, but you know, it makes for a good, no, no, makes for good podcasting. That's um, right. That's why you guys do this, right? This is, it's almost like, exactly. A, it's a healing thing exciting. too. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. Yeah. Tell me about ombre. About ombre. Ombre. Um, <laughs> There's not really much to tell you about Ombre, actually. Okay. I did Ombre, um, hired through a stunt coordinator, that um, Julie Michaels. She's uh, PVP Monty and Julie Michaels. They're a stunt team, husband and wife. They, um, they did SEAL team. They've done a ton of different stuff. She, I think, doubled Pamela Anderson for um, Baywatch. Great, great stunt coordinators. Um, she coordinated Ombre, which comes out on Showtime, I think, soon. Yeah, correct? I see it's in post-production. Yeah. Yeah, I play an ICE agent oh. that uh, does a, a big bust uh, on migrant workers in a, a big facility. In have you South have you got injured yet on any of your stunts? I have. Yeah, yeah, I, I broke my leg. Ooh. Um, um, fighting a dude, right? Right. He's supposed to grab me, throw me over his shoulder, throw a punch. He ducks, grabs my arm, puts me over his shoulder. His shoulder dislocates. Okay. I was supposed to go over like this. Right. Instead, I went over like this. Oh. Right. My left leg hits the ground. But here's the thing. Had I been on a pad, it would have been different. We had it all worked out where if something were to go wrong and I did hit the ground, I would be all right. Director goes, all right, so we're going to do the shot, but we're not going to do it here. We're doing it from here. We're looking down on Okay. So we're going to do a fight scene so you can see the two dudes going at it, right? So we do it, pop, shoulder, flip, leg, hit the ground, keep the take. Did it seven more times, broke it on the first take. When I hit the ground, you can see my leg just go, and just noodle. Oh. <laughs> Kept the take. Um, that was awesome. What, what, uh, what show did that appear in? Uh, that was a commercial for okay. something. Ago, yeah. I'd like to see that. I don't know. Call the masochist <laughs> in me. Yeah. Um, he's jumping off of a yacht uh, on a beach and supposed to come around a corner and get shot, fall over the edge, right? And we rehearsed it, practiced it, and I had it down. We get to the scene. Wardrobe comes up, sorry, props comes up, puts a watch on me. And the hand that I was using to grab the railing to jump over the edge now has a watch. And they go, action, hand on the thing, fall over, wrist gets stuck in between the two bars because of the watch. Uh. I go over, I'm like, I can feel my hand as I'm going over. Is it going to give? Is it going to give? Is it going to give? And the watch broke. And it skinned my hand but it could have taken my arm off had it not been a prop watch. Right. It was like some weird plastic piece of shit or whatever, you know, but had it been like a, you know, Rolex or something, I would have lost my hand because, you know, 180 pounds pulling on a wrist, at yeah. least skin to the bones. 
Well, um, you know, that's what you signed up for, stuff, man. That's right, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> got its ups and downs, I suppose. Oh, man. I, I, I just noticed today uh, on Facebook, I, you think you posted a few hours ago. I'm all over the place, by the way. Uh, you posted a few pictures of uh, your kid, Nico, at the location shot from Evil Dead with three words. No, no, no. no. Army, of Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kid, man. You did good, man. He is a good-looking kid. And I think he got most of mom's looks, though, just to be honest. Not all from mom. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good-looking kid, Nick. Did you see those pictures? I did see those pictures. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we went to... um, I tried to keep up with Mike in his pictures, too. I'm like, okay, I got to post more of my little guy. Well, I did the same, guys. I watched you looking good stuff, too. Um, That was Bronson Caves up in River Park. Right. It was uh, Army of Darkness... Um, Star Trek, uh, the Batcave, original 1966, I think. Um, yeah. So we, I try to take them all the cool little spots around LA that, you know, you can actually take a kid to. How, uh, so LA, how is it down there these days? I mean, it, it's kind of, it's kind of cooled down, but you know, middle of last year when all the, uh, all the, 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 the horse shit for lack of a better way to say it, um, going on in the world with, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything, has everything settled down or is it still pretty, uh, pretty political out there? You know, I never really saw too much that was politicized that had to do with Los Angeles. I right. saw a lot of polar um, politics, uh, about 50-50 everywhere I, I, I've been. Right. I mean, we go on tour, we do conventions, we do you know, uh, live shows and stuff. Everywhere we've been, it's 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 been really just polarized. It's been split right down the middle. It's it's the Black Lives Matter stuff didn't really go over the top. I think that people saw the Black Lives Matter stuff here as let me rephrase that. Am I seeing Black Lives Matter stuff here? Yes. Um, is it crazy over the top? No. Um, could it be looked at as crazy over the top from someone that isn't in a community that's so fast paced? Yes. Um, because it's not necessarily, I think that I'm desensitized, we're desensitized to things like that in, in cities like Los Angeles. Um, but again, if, if I were to see black lives matter stuff and have it affect me differently, I'm sorry, have it affect me at all as far as not being desensitized to what's seen on the news and around here, I would say it would be a positive thing. Right. Um, because, well, we all know why <laughs> we all know the because. Yeah. We don't but need to go there. My, I mean- my, right. I mean, I could go political. Right now, we can if you crazy. want, man. But I, <laughs> I think we well, all, and for the record, I, I we lean, we lean in the exact same direction, so it wouldn't be this would not turn into an argument at all. <laughs> and and that's great. Um, am I am I seeing Black Lives Matter stuff? Yeah. Um, do I wish I would see more? Of course, yeah. I wish I would see more of the people that are doing the small part that they're doing. Uh, I wish we'd see more people doing it, yeah, because the small group is not enough to. It was enough to do the impact that it did. And it definitely did an impact. Um, we are a different planet now because of George Floyd. 
We most certainly are. And I mean, we, with that verdict last week, it, it was, I mean, at least for me, I, I, I was really, really looking forward to that day just to see what would happen. And, and, and every bit and every fiber of me was going, please do not let this turn into another Rodney King scenario. You know, mm-hmm. may, let's hope the right call is made. And it was across the board. And it just, it, it seemed like a weight off the shoulders of America and everyone fighting and for equality. And there was no protesting craziness, buildings right. on fire, people shooting and hurting each other. It was just, it was how it should have been. And that's again, another step in the right direction. And then I just sat on the couch and just went, you know, good. Good, good, good. This is yeah. this is a, where we need to be, where we need to go. Definitely, definitely a step in the right direction. There's a lot of work to be done. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> latest. Um, and for the record, can we just set something straight? Yes. And Kifa, come on, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-fascist. Anti-fascist. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Uh, nothing. What's wrong? Nothing. As long as the, the 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 real Antifas are, but that's the thing. You know, if you're anti-fascist, awesome. But if you're an Antifa who's anti-fascist being fascist, then there's a friggin' problem. You know, exactly. It, it, it's 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 the same thing if you want to get into whole COVID and and mask wearing. You know, the, the big debate going on right now is, and for the record, it's my Bill Murray, my my honor to uh, to the the healthcare workers right there. Um, if you are vaccinated, you got both shots. And the debate going right now is, well, if you have it, then why do you still need to wear a mask? And the argument is, well, for you can still have it and spread it for the people who don't, you know, to keep yeah. them protected. But it's everyone fighting and arguing over what it seems to be a cut and dry thing in my head. You know, if if you're at home and you're vaccinated and you're outside, and you don't want to wear a mask. Fine, man. But dude, just throw on the mask when you're going to the grocery store. You're in the movies. You're, you're doing something. You know, it's not hurting just you. Respect thing. Yeah. Right. Respect everybody else. Be kind. Wear a fucking mask if you're out in public. I'm sorry yeah. for my language, but it's dad cast. There's kids listening. But um, <laughs> no, we're dads. It's okay. I, right. I just, I, right. how hard is it to wear a mask? It's really? not, it's not, it, it's a not. minor inconvenience. Like when I walk out the car to go into seven 11, I make it five steps and go, ah, I forgot my mask. And I have to go back to the car and get it. Whoopity do, you know, it, that's not a big deal. And soon I'm enough, not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I've never, I, and I've never played one on TV. You sure? But, <laughs> but I should, <laughs> I mean. um, but, but from my understanding, if you're vaccinated, which I am, you guys, I believe, are too, right? My next shot is Monday. My second shot. Cool. Uh, are you getting Pfizer or Moderna? Pfizer. Okay, that's what I had. I Second shot, it'll knock you on your ass. That's what so, I'm hearing. You guys aren't zombies yet, so I'll probably do it. So <laughs> What's that? It's a time release, You guys bro. aren't zombies yet, so I'll probably go ahead and do it. Nice. Yeah. Serena's yeah. laid up right now from uh, her second shot as when, we speak. Did you get it yesterday? Mm, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I heard they know the day of and the next day is a little, depending on who, um, it can be a little bit rough. I actually have, uh, you know what, I got two appointments that day, the shot and uh, I'm getting my organ real ID. So I got to go DMV. I think I'll go the DMV first, just in case. (laughs) Get the shot after (laughs) and then plan on not doing it. Hopefully I'm good by Cinco de Mayo because there's beers and tacos to be had, which is two days after. But I mean, so, so how did, how, how did you feel after that second shot? I mean, was it just fluish? Just, 
you know, it, it felt like um, every injury that I've ever had came back to haunt me for like 24 hours. Ooh. All my joints inflamed wrists, knees, neck, everything. It was just like pre-flu symptoms for like a day. Yeah, because I, after my first shot, uh, it felt like Mike Tyson just gave me his hardest blow to the shoulder uh, yeah. the next day, like just perpetual dead arm. But we'll see. I, yeah. Whatever. It's worth it. You know, if I got to oh, go absolutely. through a day of that crap, just to, you know, peace of mind. And also, um, I, I didn't really care one way or another, you know, and again, not to get political, but it, it, when this all started and the talking about the vaccines, I, I didn't lean either which way. I wasn't yeah, gonna either or I just, it was just kind of, you know, neutral. But my lady just went through um, breast cancer and a double mastectomy, and she is very immune compromised right now. So after that, it wasn't even a thought in my head or a choice to argue it. Yes, I'm getting that shot because, you know, we share a home together. And anything I can do to keep her healthy and protect her, that's it's my responsibility. It is my job. It is my absolute right to have to do that. Um, and the kids in the house, keep them protected. So, you know, it wasn't. Whatever. If I turn into a zombie, so what? Nick, you have permission. Right. Put a bullet between my eyes if I become a zombie. Right. Okay. But film it, yeah. okay? And put it on YouTube because that's going to be We'll some make sure it stuff. does on the DadCast socials. Right. Don't let my kids be in, in, the, in the same room, though. You know, I, no, I, I no, need that respect. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no question. I mean, even if, if you're vaccinated, again, I, I'm not a doctor. And I'm just rambling shit that I could be full of. But my understanding is that even if you're vaccinated, you should wear a mask because you can still catch it. You just don't feel it. Catch right. it and give mm-hmm. it to someone else, right? Yeah. You still carry it. So wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's, there's no argument. It's no argument. And and and, and all these, you know, anti-maskers who are so freaking adamant on on it, it's you propose that that simple statement. Look, it's not hurting you. You could if you have protecting grandma. And not protecting grandma does mm-hmm. help. Doesn't help. Does doesn't help. What does it matter to you? If, if, if it does work, why wouldn't you, if it doesn't work and we don't know you're not hurting anyone, why are you being, and those people just, it pisses me off. And, and, and at this point, it's been a year of it. I don't even argue with it anymore. You know, I, I see it on Facebook and I either a scroll on or <laughs> block, see you later, you know, whatever. I don't need to see this stuff anymore. It's enough everywhere. Uh, I feel, you. I feel you. I'm over it. And you know, I was of the mind at the at the very beginning of see. Here's the thing: all these people have given quote unquote true conspiracy theorists. Sorry, my phone's ringing. You like that ringtone? It's the Mandalorian, was it? it's the Mandalorian theme song. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right, conspiracy theorists. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, I mean, all these people are giving real conspiracy theorists a bad rap. And yeah. when I say that, I'm not talking about conspiracy theorists like queuing on people. Those those people are nuts. I'm talking about people that believe in like aliens and like uh, you know um, chemtrails and things like that. Right. Things that things that are like just weird, fun conspiracy you know things. This is like really taking that to the limit, to the max. And this is like how bad can we make someone out to be? Right, and they this this QAnon shit. Um, it's giving people that believe in aliens 
<laughs> a, a, a bad rap. You know right. what I mean? It's like you can't call them conspiracy theorists. You call them crazy assholes. <laughs> there you go. They're two very different people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? So I don't know where I was going. I, I kind of no. You, you you finished up good. Crazy assholes is. Uh, well, I think we need aliens and way to put it. crazy assholes. So yes, and, and yes. If, maybe we can you know put the flat earthers aside too. You know they they can. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, man! Look at the shadow. I mean, anyway, you're going to go off on a. T- I, I told know, you, man. Mike. I'm, off I'm, the I'm freaking going rails. After Eddie Bravo to be on the every podcast single time. The flat earthers. Who? So. Oh, let's get him on Eddie, just so we Eddie can Bravo. make, let's make fun of him. You should get a flat earther on your podcast. So, you know, yeah. we're yeah. going to spend an hour. Convince us. You have an hour. Go. That's right. <laughs> Genius. And then at we the end of the talk, talk, just, just, yeah, just convince us. Right. And then at the end of that hour, you know, I, I, we get another hour. <laughs> <to make fun. laughs> and then you get your turn. Yeah, exactly. You get your hour. And I don't even need the hour. You know, I don't, well, yeah, you know what? I probably would, but again, they're not going to believe you. Those, those hardcore fanatics of conspiracy, crazy asshole flat earthers. Uh, there's no convincing them, you know, just, just like, you know, the non-maskers and whatnot nuts. Okay. I'm done with this topic. Let's get back to kids and, and the good stuff in dads. Right, Mike. I'm sorry. You know, it goes off now being in LA doing everything you can do. Cause you know, I grew up down there. Um, I, I know raising kids in LA, um, isn't, it's not difficult. I mean, did you live in a good neighborhood, good schools and whatnot? Uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're in the hills of West Hollywood. California. Awesome. Okay. So if you're still there, when that boy gets to 15, 16, 17, man, sunset strip, the shows you're close to Disneyland. Have you taken them there yet? Or has it been closed almost the entire time? Uh, well, yeah, no, we had, we had a really cool, um, thing that Serena, which Serena was doing uh, the Disney show, we we would take the family there because we get like the guided tours, you know? Right. Oh, um, when she was on the show, um, we don't have that anymore. It's not on the show. So we haven't been back there, but um, there's a really cool way to do Disneyland if you haven't done it. And it's, you can hire, you can get like a tour guy and mm-hmm. they take you to the thing for, you know, it's a couple bucks, a couple extra bucks. Um, take you to the, the rides first. And you get to go through the back and you get to, it's like a guided tour, you know? So that was cool. That was cool for before uh, COVID, but now going back to COVID, I don't know if you could go back to Disneyland and, and have to wait in a line for four hours. Well, I, I, I did it one time before I went this other way and it's like, I don't know if my back can take it. <laughs> I know standing in those lines. What I hear, yeah. uh, I've got a buddy who uh, had like the season, the annual pass, and, yeah. and and I know Disneyland has reopened, obviously not to capacity, and they're only allowing California residents. So now yeah. is the time, if you can, because lines are non-existent, and yeah. you basically walk onto everything you want, and it's just it, it's such a better experience because there's less people. Um, so I'm working on getting my fake ID, <clears throat> so I can take the. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's the plan. We really want to hit Disneyland when it's not crazy out there. Cause the kids are of age, uh, Nico, obviously oh, yeah. not, not probably not going to remember that trip, but coming well, up soon now because, uh, before, um, galaxy's edge wasn't there. So good. I've never been to it. You haven't? No. Okay. And they have, you can drink in Disneyland now because of galaxy's edge. Am I right? Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm literally not going far. I'm going to show you something. Keep talking. All right. So it's like two worlds just colliding, alcohol and, and Disney. 
Interesting. That's, I've that's never been to, uh, uh, I, I think you had to go over to the other park to get a beer. What's the other park called? I, I have no idea. I've, I've, I've honestly never been to Disney, so I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> so uh, at Galaxy's Edge, they, oh, yeah, you, oh. you can build your own lightsaber. Sweet. And this thing is, it's not going to do it justice on the camera, but it weighs about 15 pounds, just the hilt. And wow. you can choose, uh, you want to go light, you want to go dark, you want to go a certain type. So I totally went Sith. And this is, this is, you know, this is the dark side hilt and you can purchase different colors. So this one is, that's actually looking pretty good, but that is uh, really good. (laughs) That is blue. That that looks like a real lightsaber on the camera that I'm looking through. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Oh, it makes noise too. Yeah, but there it is. Nice. So yeah, that and and, really and not great cheap pool around it. But it, the Galaxy's Edge is so amazing because it's the experience when going in and making this thing. It's like a ride and a story. They take you into this big old room and there's holographs and there's stories and it, it's just real fun. About thirty minutes costs about two hundred fifty bucks to make this thing, but worth it. That's the only reason I wanted to go to Disneyland aside from, you know, hanging out with the kids and letting them experience for the first time. But we went December, 2019, right before the shit hit the fan. And mm-hmm. I got my lightsaber and I got to see galaxy's edge. So you, yeah, you got to go, Mike. It's, it's, you have to see it, but it's, it's on the list. That's, that's the first place we're taking you to dude. It's and plus you've been in star Wars. You should have a free pass. Just walk on in, man. That's that right. Be, you know, I'm death. True. More we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good, man. I'll, I, I look forward to that. Take pictures. Cause I want to live vicariously through you. Boom. Done. Yes. <laughs> Do you miss you Oregon? Tattoo on your arm? Is that, is that new? This is brand new. It's I went to Florida on St. Patrick's day and me and the lady got matching tattoos to remember nice. our, our trip. Literally. I woke up, the second to last day we we're there and I said, you want to go get tattoos? She says, okay. I'm like, you want to get a matching? She says, okay. And I originally wanted a fish taco because that's why I go to South Florida. They have the best fish tacos on the planet. Nick, you were about to say something. We, we, yeah. We talked about you getting a fish taco tattoo, right? What the hell happened? <laughs> Jen decided matching tattoos. She didn't want a fish taco. Jen's fired. That's <laughs> it's ridiculous. But my idea was actually going to be a fish holding a taco, a fish taco, even better. Nice. But, yeah. So anyway, we got, we got the palm trees. I caved. It's good. And it's, yeah, it, I, this side's still way better, but you know, it's, we, we got some, we got some room to fill up just like, I mean, you want to get on a tattoo board. The man Mike's wearing full sleeve, full sleeve shirt right here, but he's, uh, he's pretty inked up. You see, there it is. He's, it's all over the place. When's your last two? How long ago? Last tattoo I got was, uh, So showing you my bottom half here. Uh, thank, thank you for wearing pants. Hey, you like that? The clover? Um, yeah, I got it in Dublin, Ireland. Oh, man. Yeah. See? Yeah, I went to, went to Ireland, Scotland, uh, in England with Bruce on a on tour. And then Bruce left, came back to the States. I stayed in Scotland for a week. I went to a castle, you know, walked around, so did my thing. Went to Dublin. Yeah. Got a tattoo. You know, I'm Irish. Did you so, drink any Guinness from a bar? I did not drink any Guinness. No. I was drinking scotch. Fair enough. That's probably Heavy, better anyway. Yeah. But my uh 
my uh, my tat my my clover came after I drank too much at shenanigans on St. Patrick's Day like eight years ago, and I went across the street to Fat Cat <laughs> and, oh, said, yeah. and said, Johnny, I, I just won 80 bucks on the machine. Put a clover on me. And he did. And there you go. Way better story on your end. <laughs> oh, that's, you know, it's genius. Open a tattoo parlor uh, across the street from a bar and stay open. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh, that's I mean, sick. how many times yeah. I partied on the roof of that place, man. Jeff, rest uh-huh. in peace. We miss you. Nick. Yes. How are you, brother? What up? You doing good? I'm good, man. You got, you got any questions for Mike that I haven't thought of already? I, I don't. I'm just like reminiscing about virus nine days. Oh, that's crazy, a good topic to talk good. about. Crazy, crazy punk concerts and doing stupid shit in Medford. That's when I met <laughs> yeah, you, man. When I first started working on KROG and uh, there was, you know, a bunch of local shows going on. And then one of my greatest memories of virus nine was that friggin' video you guys put out uh, with the zombies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good stuff. Directed by John Foot, mm-hmm. uh, Landmine Productions. I was this shot in Shenanigans before it was Shenanigans. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it the, the Boz? The Boz, wasn't it? It was the Raw Boz Roz Boz B O B O Z. Yeah, I think. Anyway, it was well, there. Yeah, yeah. So Landmine John Foot. I don't know if he's a, he's a dude that you could have. On yeah. This. But I know I, I need to talk to him. I've, I've known John for a long time. Yeah, John was a mentor of mine for ten years. John, nice. John, um, sort of took me under his wing. I was sixteen, um, working at Zoomies in the mall, yeah. Rose Valley Mall, <laughs> and at the time, his wife worked there with me, and she put up a flyer for a punk rock show that her and her husband John were putting together. And I noticed that this band was on a label called BYO, Better Youth Organization out of Los Angeles, which was owned by Youth Brigade. They owned and operated by Youth Brigade out of LA. And they, I knew of Youth Brigade because of a documentary called uh, The Decline of Western, I'm sorry, not The Decline, uh, called Another State of Mind that they did with the band Social Distortion, if you're familiar with Social D. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, so socially and youth brigade put out um, this documentary about touring putting out records in the early 80s together as as bands um in punk rock scene in la so i was very familiar with this logo this byo better youth organization because of this documentary and these bands so she puts up this flyer for this band that's on byo a label out of la still called automatic seven remember that show oh yes yeah 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 this is like 1997. Yeah, yeah. I was just, just out of high school when that happened. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I would think I was. I was like 17 or something. Yeah, yeah. I was 17 because Virus 9 recorded a tape, a cassette tape in my parents' living room at Central Point. <laughs> four track? Uh, yeah, four track. Uh-huh. Um, recorded it. And I told her, I said, hey, I want to meet your husband if he knows these guys because this is a label that I'm really interested in. She said, it's interesting because my husband's wanting to start a record label. So cool. I'd love to meet him. I was, I was 16, I think. Took my cassette tape that uh, we had recorded probably three or four months earlier that I'd been handing out to every, every Nick and JP in the Valley, <laughs> you know, and, and 
she's like, yeah, he, he'll totally meet you. And I went and met with him down at Landmine, which is down South Medford, First Street, you know, down there. Mm-hmm. By KBY, old Larson's building. The old one, yeah. The mm-hmm. Pear Warehouse. He, he had taken the Pear Warehouse and turned it into a movie studio, a, a production house. Because um, he had just come back from Los Angeles, worked there for 10 years, making movies, worked on Matt TV and some other stuff. And he had opened this film studio and was starting a record label out. So I went and I talked to him. He's, I was 16. He was probably 26. And he was like, I think you have something here. I'd really like to put a record out for you. Like a seven-inch record. He says, sure. Um, so we recorded a seven-inch record with John for his label called Mental Records out of Medford, Oregon. This is 1998 now. Um, I ultimately started managing that record label uh, even after Virus 9 had moved on and done other things with other labels, um, which ultimately became the production house for the movie My Name is Bruce. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is where I met Bruce Campbell officially. Um, which is how this whole journey sort of spun. It was that turn that that is why I'm here. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that. Is Bruce, for lack of a better way to put it, directly responsible for Mike where he is at right now? Mike is directly responsible. Okay, for let, let, let me rephrase. That was that was. <laughs> But but was Bruce a major influence on putting Mike on the path that he is I'm on now? Totally yeah, I know. But um, that was a shitty way to put it. There's two people that are that are directly responsible for being the catalyst to the career path that I'm on. Music and movies. And that's both John Foote and Bruce Campbell. Uh, John Foote taking me under his wing um, to put out records for us. Not only was he doing that. He also hired me as an intern that ultimately ended up being a paid gig for on and off for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I worked um, stage, uh, prop house, makeup department, um, casting, costumes, uh, production assistant, um, to sweeping the floors, locking the doors, you know, everything. I, I had a key, key chain for that studio that was 10 pounds, you know, keeping. Um, so I learned the film business through John that way and opened up the doors for the musical career as well from John, um, which I mentioned led to Bruce. And right. the Bruce thing took me to Miami for years. I worked on Burn Notice out there, took me to New Zealand. I worked on Ash versus Evil Dead over there for a couple seasons, um, and ultimately landed in here in Los Angeles. Uh, I just sort of stayed, you know. Yeah. What role did you have um, beginning uh, in Burn Notice? Uh, I was shows. I played a chopper pilot, right? Um, slash uh, mercenary. It was glorified background, but it was through the stunt department. Right. I mean, so that was, but that was your first acting gig in bird notice. Did you do anything behind the scenes for the show? I was Bruce's assistant. Okay. 
was Bruce's personal assistant. I'm sorry, I, I left that part out. Yeah, that did. <laughs> I was Bruce's personal assistant um, for almost ten years. Now, how did that come so, about? How did that? I, I, how did that conversation go? How does Mike Estes become Bruce Campbell's personal assistant? If that's something you can or want to talk about. Sure. Yeah. Um, what's funny is I was driving, I was working for, for landmine actually. I was, I was driving down to Los Angeles for a gig that, cause we were doing all the badass coffees, all the interior designs, right. The mm-hmm. surfers. We were doing all those. And I was driving a U-Haul full of stuff, like equi- equipment down to a, just a, uh, bare bones coffee shop. We're just getting ready to, to uh, do the interior. Um, and I was talking to my dad on the phone. I was driving by myself and talking to my dad. I want to learn the business from Bruce Campbell. I literally said that. I said, I, and I, I wrote him a big, massive email. I said, hey, I will do this for free if you just teach me what you know. I'll dedicate any time you need for whatever you need. And I got an invite to a New Year's party. Virus nine, did. Virus nine got invited. Our band got invited mm-hmm. to Bruce's house for a New Year's party, and I saw him. And he goes, "I owe you an email." I said, "It's all good, man. Take time." You know. <laughs> and within probably two three days, he wrote me back. He goes, "I'm actually looking to hire an assistant, um, temporary." We got picked up in Miami for burn notice, and I'm going to need a hand moving. You know, I said, "Sure." I'm thinking maybe a week in the drive, right? Stuff out to Miami. I'll never see him again. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. For the glorified mover. Yeah. Yeah, move my stuff yeah. into this U-Haul. <laughs> I was grateful just for that. You know? Right. I would be absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, and I moved him out to Miami. Him and his his wife Ida. Um. I didn't move them. I helped them. Move. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after that was all said and done, they said, "Well, we're here for seven months. Um, if you're interested." And I, I, done. The rest is history. Yep. So I stayed there for I think four seasons, back and forth for three. Uh, New Zealand, like I said, and Los Angeles. That's so cool. Bruce is such a cool guy. I mean, obviously, you know him a whole heck of a lot better than I do. I <laughs> had one experience with him when he came in to uh, promote. My name is Bruce. When he came into KROG, and uh, we did a quick interview with him. That was that was. I mean. Top ten highlight of my career so far yeah. was having him in studio. I've met him a couple of times. One of the nicest guys ever. So yes, yeah, Bruce is he's I owe a lot to Bruce. Um he's he's shown me a lot of this business that I would not have been able to see. I mean, you can't pay for the experience. I, I film school is one thing. But being on the set and seeing it from that point of view as long as I did actually get paid for it. That's, that's priceless. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, hands-on is still better than any freaking classroom, right? Yep. He's one of my dearest friends, you know, mm-hmm. he's like family. So it's, Bruce is a, a wonderful, wonderful human him and his wife both. And, and I'm grateful to have them in my life for sure. They, they've, they've helped me immensely in my career and just sort of steered me in the right direction. And, you know, I run almost everything by, you know, big, big career decisions, you know. Right. Okay. Like, hey, what would you do? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I get a lot of, a lot of, uh, BC advice. 
Well, that's yeah. good. You know, that, that, that's the best advice to get, especially from, you know, good character man like that. Yep. Does, yeah. uh, so, does Nico have a God dad? Is it Bruce? He doesn't is have he a God dad. A so Godfather. <laughs> but, but if he did, uh, his Godfather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what I do. I mean, Nick's open to the job, but I think Bruce would probably work out better for you. Hey, yeah. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> all right, Nick, you're you're so talkative once again today, man. Hey, I talked. <laughs> I, I, I divulged some deep, dark. Yeah, you did, man. And and oh, man, I thank you for that. I hope I didn't press. Maybe no, next no, time man. I'll run it's, by it's before the show before I ask deep personal questions like that and put you on the spot. But, uh, but it's better to put me on the spot. Just get it out. Fair enough. I, I you yeah. know, and, and if you want, man, I will be more than happy to help in any way possible to get that particular situation back on the track. It should be man for you. I that's I would love it, to because the that's idea awesome. of either one of those two kids that are in there right now, three kids not being a part of my life mm-hmm. kills me. Just the thinking about yeah. that. And I, I couldn't even imagine what you two guys um, have gone through and are going through with that. And I, well, biggest thing I can tell yeah. you, just don't be selfish. We I think kids. I'm past that, man. Personally, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely not about you anymore. It's uh, it's oh. it's all about them. Right. And I tell you, Nick, you can probably attest to this. Um, try, try to phase me now. Mm-hmm. Hit me with all you got. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that is going to cut as deep, hurt as bad. Uh, nothing will come close to, to that. It's like once you've taken away everything that a man cares about, mm-hmm. I, I had a chance to fix this and did not. Yeah. That's not my fault. Um, but once you've taken away everything that a man cares about, there's nothing that you can say or do that can ever hurt this person. No. I, there's, there's a shell that, is, that grows over a heart after this, I think. After mm-hmm. something like this happens. Um, and that's unfortunate because you would hope that you would be able to move on or at least push it aside, but it lives right here. Right. Every day. Mm-hmm. All day. Yeah, um, it's, so yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's one of those things where you, I don't know, you want your kids to grow up like my, my other boys. I have a 22 year old that's in the army and he knows the backstory. And I'm like, you know, I don't want you to grow up like me. Don't, don't be an asshole. Don't be selfish. Don't just, it doesn't matter how cool the shit is you're doing right now. Think about other people. If you, if you get somebody pregnant, stick around. Don't, don't be an ass. Right. Do the <laughs> right. right thing. So, yeah. And it's like, you know, every time I talk to him, I just beat that into his head. It's like, dude, it, you know, there's a lot of cool shit that could happen, but it's not worth messing something else up. So. Well, that well, way you, know, you have this, this opportunity to, this, this is your therapy. You know, I don't know if you mm-hmm. see, I recently started my own, podcasting that I'm, I'm doing. Yes, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't bring that up. I was actually doing the research <laughs> and I wanted good. to ask you about that. It's all good, but it's, it's, that's therapeutic for me mm-hmm. because I get to, I don't, I talk to Serena, you know? Yeah. You, you guys have this, you get to talk to people, you have each other and talk to, mm-hmm. but as far as like, um, 
like this is your dad cast as far as parenting i, I talked to serena you know so this is probably therapeutic for you guys to have these relationships for parents and fathers and see what they're going through and yeah, it's 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 amazing journey to see all these. I mean, celebrity dads, you know, it in seeing that you know they're just normal guys, man. Mike, you're a normal yeah. guy. You know, if if anyone who didn't know you and seen you on nine one one and all these other shows, they they get that ooh TV, you know, celebrity. But one of the goals of this podcast it is it is snowballed into showing the world a dads are important. B these guys are just like you and I, for the most part, you know, obviously different careers, different paths, but they're not any different. You know, they wake up and take a shit in the morning too, just like all of us. <laughs> and that's what we want to do. And that's, you know, what, yeah. it's, and it helps and seeing everyone's different path and how they parent and how they decide to do things on, you know, social media, how they, that parent feels about that and how it, it's different with this other guy and just seeing all these different paths and and different ways of bringing up their kids but all in a good way it's it's great talking about it and learning about it and everything and in, in, in even hearing your story as sad as part of it is and you too nick um maybe this is one of those things that will help i mean you never know who's going to see this podcast in the future and it's going to yeah. strike a chord maybe maybe this episode Five years from now, someone watches it. A daughter who's been estranged from her father sees it, and this episode struck a nerve or chord with them, and they said, you know, I'm going to reach out to my dad. You know, all these possibilities are what I really love about what we're doing. Your mm -hmm. podcast, Mike, I can tell that studio foam is gorgeous in the corner and that AKG, and I love that, Mike. I, I, that thing is so old school and badass but new. I love that thing. Tell us about your podcast, and then we're going to wrap this thing up because we got we got we're going to do a promo for for your podcast. So, as soon as someone's done listening to this one, they can go head over to Mike Estes's podcast. There you go, nice. Well, uh, my podcast is uh, we do I'm doing um, special events as well, sort of like a Comic Con type deal where you pay for an autograph for a certain celebrity, and you can you gain access to to the event. Right. Um, that's certain celebrities are doing that, and then I have uh, lots of. Uh, friend celebrities like musicians and stuff, a ton of musician friends. Um, they're just doing straight podcasts as well. Um, it's called the danger room. It's a great uh, name, by the way. Thank you. Um, I like how it ties in I with dangerous entertainment. What's that? I like how it ties in with your, your company. Yes. Dangerous entertainment, which came from punk rock, which was when I would put together punk rock flyers, it would have to be something presents. So dangerous entertainment presents because mm -hmm. it's my thing. So, um, you can find my podcast at Welcome to the Danger Room on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Twitter is Mike's Danger Room, at Mike's Danger Room. Um, yeah, talk about lots of weird stuff. Fun celebrities, lots of musicians, actors, actresses, uh, Zen Buddha masters. Um, That's awesome, man. Actor. For everyone watching yeah. this, I will link it below. Um, if you're listening to the audio, well, you got to have to fend for yourself and go find it. You heard what Mike said. The address is right there. Um, I can't wait to check it out, man. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done here. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We got some episodes. I'm baking some episodes right now. Uh, it's launching fairly soon. Um, but that's, that's my, uh, podcast. You can find me at, uh, Mike Estes stunts, S T U N T S, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, but this is your platform. So uh, real quick, Nick, I, uh, wanted to say, I appreciate the fact that you spoke directly to mm -hmm. To your 
your daughter. Daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, this is your this is your place. This is your space to do that. And I appreciate that because, Thank like, you. AP, like you said, um, you never know. Five years from now, five yeah. days from now. So yeah, exactly. Next week. Same for me, Keely, my daughter. I'm, I'm going to text her right after we're done. So we'll see what happens. Mike, finish that thought. You're talking to Keely. Yeah, I said, Keely, if you ever hear this, I love you. I miss you. And I want to work this out. So, yeah. Nick, I hope it works out for you. I hope it works out for you too, man. Dude, I'm in your corner, Mike. That's... I got the heebie-jeebies. And I'm going to leave you with this one fun fact. I'm I'm not even kidding. Can you see that? Still going. Now it's up the neck. That's important. I... uh, I'm not sure it was, I, I thought it was yours kids, but after hearing out, you'd be probably like, what the hell are you talking about? I just got rid of a toddler bed that I picked up when my little girl was about two. So five, six years ago from your ex, she was selling it on Craigslist. And I thought that that might've been your kid's bed at one point. And she outgrew it. And I wanted to reach out and be like, Cause this was right about when Nico, I found out you're, you know, you're going to have a kid. I'm like, can I get this bed to Mike? Anyway, wow. it never happened. It, 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 it collected dust in the garage for a few years, but I, you and I had a connection right there Dude, and you didn't even realize it. That's, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That gesture is, is very, very cool. I, I wish I had that. gotten it to you. It would have been a whole hell of a lot better gesture that way. <laughs> well, the thought, the thought and, and letting me know right now is it's, that's the world. Um, I believe that was, um, yeah, if I can picture it. It was pink, about yay wide, slats, little mattress. You know, it fits a toddler. You know, as soon as you get out of a crib and right before they get that first, you know, twin mattress, there's that two two year gap right there. That was the bed, man. My my baby girl Avery slept in it and it used to be in your household, man. Guarantee it. All right. That is it. You guys, that is all the time we we have covered so much and so important. This has been one of the deeper uh, podcasts we have done and uh, important. And and we've actually gone over and I, I appreciate it. Mike Estes, rock star, movie star, stuntman extreme, and most importantly, dad and a kick-ass one at that. Um, thank you for being on the show, Nick, as well. You're amazing. We're going to, we're we're going to, we're going to do this, dude. It's, it's now I'm making it my personal goal to try, (laughs) you know, at least get, no, the only way is winning and you're tenacious brother. So we're, we're going to do this. There's no losing in this one. There's no, no, there's no try to do or do not Mike again. Thank you for being on dad cast. Oh, you know what? I don't think I've uploaded my, my, uh, my finale thing on this roadcaster. Let me see. Nope. That's the mystery song. So, I usually have a, a a drop in there that says thanks everyone for listening to Dadcast. My kids on there, but this new roadcaster I haven't uploaded yet. All good, man. All gravy. Mike Gestis, you demand. We'll look forward to seeing you on some brand new shows. Nick, thank you. This is Dadcast, and we will see all of you next week. All right. Thanks, see man. Ya. Thanks, guys. Peace. <laughs>